RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Okay, a few days ago here on Reality Check Radio, you heard a montage made by coronavirus plushie, and that's had a lot of attention. It showed New Zealand health officials and doctors promoting the vaccine, the COVID-19 vaccine, Pfizer vaccine here, to pregnant or expectant mothers, obviously including through that their babies, uh, the jab, recommending they get the jab. One of the people who featured later on in that, on the good side of it, was the investigative journalist and broadcaster, Sonia Elijah. She was on the redacted program. That's how um, she got our attention. So we thought we'd uh, make contact with Sonia and uh, have a chat with her um, about this. So she joins us. Whereabouts in the UK are you? Um, Sonia, welcome. Hello. Hi, Paul. Thank you for having me on. I'm in London. Okay. So what a weekend that was in, in London, eh? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Lots of uh, extravagance and <laughs> uh, partying and celebrations, yes. Oh, well, I suppose it's good to have something to take your mind off things, even for a short <laughs> period of time. And I've noticed that even the new king made an appearance on American Idol. Did you see that? No, I didn't. <laughs> I <got done. laughs> He's there with Lionel Richie on American Idol. Oh, Oh, wow. So Missed that. Things, things are changing, all right. Yeah. All right. So um, you're an author at Trial Site News, investigative journalist and broadcaster, and uh, a background in economics. Former BBC researcher, used to be at the BBC. Now, how do you see the BBC? Um, I mean, it's really radically different, the climate now, uh, as it was when I, I mean, I was I worked there many years ago, and it was a great place to be. Um I, de I definitely learned a lot, but it, it's it's really a shame how 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 it's really fallen so much. You know, it's just become a it's uh, you know obviously a uh, propaganda piece for the uh, mouthpiece uh, of the government. So they just are you know only spouting out the official narrative. Uh, you know what they're allowed to to sort of broadcast. Um, so yes, it's it's a it's a real shame. Hmm. Yeah, similar here, I have to say. So you've uncovered major conflicts of interest and malfeasance in this whole COVID thing I have here, and particularly your analysis of the COVID, the Pfizer COVID vaccine safety report. And those reports of yours have received worldwide attention, and here we are. So where to start with all this? What was your journey into this particular rabbit hole then? Um. <laughs> Right. So I started sort of towards um, the, my focus on the Pfizer documents. That sort of was the end of 2021. So what basically what, what happened was um, that August, uh, a group of leading health experts led by Dr. Peter McCullough, um, they when they they sent off a, a FOIA a request, so Freedom of Information Act request, for, uh, to the FDA, to the US drug regulator, to the FDA, to request all the documents that, all the Pfizer files, papers, that the FDA relied on to authorize the, uh, the Pfizer-BioNTech mRNA vaccine and grant emergency use authorization back in December 2020. So, they, 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 it was a, they, they hard, I mean, the response they got was, was pretty dismal. They got like a few papers released. So they had to go to court 
to get a judge's order to, to for the FDA to release all the documents that they relied on. And, and so this is what we're now seeing, the aftermath of this. So every month now you're getting, you know, a whole sort of data dump uh, being released uh, on a website. And, and, uh, and that's what I've been going through. So the end of 2021, I first analyzed the Pfizer's cumulative analysis of adverse adverse event reports. And there was a very, it's very alarming data in that. I'm not going to go into that in too much detail, but I'm just going to pick up the pregnancy uh, out, uh, outcomes in that. So for that, um, we had, um, there was 270 post-authorization pregnancy cases, which is which was in this report. And this report was for a three-month time period. It was from December 2020 through to end of February 2021. So just that three-month period. And these are the these are the cases, the reports. Um, and this is in Pfizer's own document, Pfizer's own data. So you have 270 post-authorization pregnancy cases. Alarmingly, no outcome was provided for the majority of those cases, for 238 of those cases. So of the remaining 32 cases, which they did know the outcome, shockingly, that 23 were reported as spontaneous abortion which is miscarriage, and two uh, as premature birth with neonatal death and two cases of spontaneous abortion with intrauterine death. So those are very negative, bad outcomes of the ones that we knew about. So, I mean, it's that, so that obviously is is is, is really alarming. That um, is the majority of that number. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, yeah. I mean, obviously a large thing they didn't know, you know, this is, that's what's really shocking is that they're not following it up. Right. You know, they're just all cases unknown. We don't know what happened. Um, but the ones that they did get to find out about was, was, you know, pretty shocking outcomes. Um, now just recently the eight that we had, you know, in the beginning of April, we had the new release of these of Pfizer papers. And um, I was just sort of scrolling through and I happened to stumble upon this really damning report. This is preg the Pregnancy and Lactation Cumulative Review. And this is, again, Pfizer's own document, own data. And it was this document, just to give you some background information, was signed off on the 20th of April 2021. And it covered the time period from drug development through to end of Feb 2021. And this is just to put into context, this is before all the health authorities were pushing it onto pregnant and lactating women. So this is within the really early days. And um, it's it's really shocking data in this report. You have two, 673 individual reports were identified. This is in Pfizer's own pharmacovigilance safety database. And um, so, and so you've got the 673, and those are broken down to 458 pregnancy cases that includes mother and fetus, and 215 cases uh, involved exposure during breastfeeding. So I'm going to focus a little bit on these pregnancy cases. So out of the 458 pregnancy cases, this is involving vaccine exposure during pregnancy. You actually have 
Um, you have 53 reports of spontaneous abortion uh, and they've sort of broken it down where they, it, it, they literally use the term following BNT 162B2 vaccination. And out of those you have, um, you, so that's just really disturbing that you've got that sort of, you know, oh, the, the, leading to, to, to miscarriage. This is following the vaccine. Um, but what I really would like to focus on is on the fetal cases. So you have six, so you have six disturbing cases of babies being exposed to the vaccine transplacentally. And they use that term. This is not me putting my term in. This is Pfizer's term, transplacentally leading to premature delivery. And I'm going to maybe I can highlight a few of the of, out of the six. Two of those involve deaths. Right. So. These are all premature deliveries, but you have a case where mother was given the vaccine during the second trimester, experienced premature labor, a live infant was delivered but passed away a day later. Cause of death was cited as extreme prematurity with severe respiratory distress and pneumothorax. You have another case where um, you again, the mother was given the vaccine. This is the second trimester between 13 to 28 weeks of gestation. Um, ex the, the experienced fetal exposure during pregnancy. Um, you have the cause of death for the neonate, again, premature baby, less than 26 weeks, died of severe respiratory distress and pneumothorax. You have another case of after the mother was given the vaccine, the second dose it specifies of the vaccine, the baby, um, there was a report of fetal tachycardia, and that's when the baby's heartbeat is over 160 beats per minute. So you have reports of fetal tachycardia, you've got premature delivery of this baby, baby's hospitalized for five days, and then they write the clinical outcome of fetal tachycardia was unknown. So that's just a snapshot of these really horrifying cases um, but it's it's just what is what we know is that you have and they still say this, they still say this lie. They're deliberately misleading the public when you have health experts like, you know, obviously when the video you've got Dr. Nikki, Nikki Taylor and you've got the chair of midwifery for New Zealand yeah, saying, yeah. Yeah. yeah, the vaccine just stays, you know, stays in the arm, doesn't go to the placenta. It doesn't go to the placenta. It doesn't enter the breast milk. You have them all stating that when we know it does, it absolutely does. And I can talk about the biodistribution studies done on rats, which actually the TGA, uh, Australia's drug regulator, did their own evaluation report of Pfizer's non-clinical study done on animals. This is the biodistribution study of the lipid nanoparticles, because as we know in this vaccine, we have modified mRNA encased in these lipid nanoparticles. And they go to, in this report, and that report was actually published January 2021. And obviously people, we got it, we had access to it because of the FOIA request. I mean, they weren't going to just release this generally to the public. So even in that animal study, it showed that the lipid nanoparticles traveled to almost every organ tissue, including the ovaries, brain, eyes, testes. Um, I mean, it goes everywhere, right? But it really bioaccumulates in the ovaries, which is very alarming. Um, I'm going to briefly talk about the lactation cases. Um, you have 
A fifth, 20% of the lactation cases, there were 215 cases in total, and a fifth of those reported adverse events in infants indirectly exposed to the vaccine via the transmammary route, so through the breast milk. And there's like a table of all the adverse events. You have like over 40 different adverse events. And I'm just going to pick out on a few. And this is for breastfeeding infants. So this is affecting the infants. And these adverse events range from facial paralysis, lymphadenopathy, and blurred vision. This is for the infants. I mean, just how alarming is that? This is from drinking the breast milk of their vaccinated mothers. Now, we know um, there was a study done September 2022 in JAMA Pediatrics. This is by Hannah et al. And the researchers alarmingly found trace amounts of the COVID-19 mRNA vaccine in breast milk of lactating women as soon as one hour after vaccination. And they write in their report, we speculate that following the vaccine administration, lipid nanoparticles containing the vaccine mRNA are carried to mammary glands via hematogenous and or lymphatic roots. So this is, you know, it's in the scientific literature now. Yet you have. And of course, this report, this this the, the, the report, the Pregnancy and Lactation Community Review, when I mentioned, was signed off April 2021. Whole two years later, right, it was released. We're only getting access to this review now. And you still have the health authorities, obviously we have the NHS in the UK, um, promoting from the spring. So it was just around the time that report was really signed off, right, and, and, and submitted to the FDA, to the CDC, so they knew about it. They knew about these this data. They kept it from the public. They actively promoted the vaccine for pregnant women, lactating, saying it is 100% safe and effective for, for that, you know, for that cohort. Um, so it's truly a huge scandal here. I mean, it's just, it's a real, you know, it, it's just, it's such the level of, Malpractice, malfeasance. I mean, it goes beyond all of that because you know you're you're promoting. I mean, really, if you think about it, Paul, pregnant women are told not to eat, you know, unpasteurized cheese and not to eat sushi, but they're saying, okay, you can go ahead and take this novel, experimental, modified mRNA vaccine. Yeah, and um, as far as we're concerned, we were slightly behind. So all this information. The timeline that you've just mentioned was available in plenty of time to our authorities. Could they have, they surely would have known that this information was there. Uh, They're surely part of, you know, groups that receive this sort of information being the institutions they are. So this is bombshell to hear this, i got to say. It takes your breath away. It does. It really does. And what... What, you know, and we have obviously a very well-known pathologist, Dr. Ryan Cole, and he's been studying placentas um, that that have been given to him. This is after, you know, uh, obviously the baby is after the baby's demise and uh, maybe through um, a a spontaneous abortion, miscarriage. So he's been sent, they've been given him placentas and he studied those and he's saying they're signs of calcification. They're not the right size for the gestational age. And there's presence of the vaccinal spike protein in in the placenta. 
So this is this is now the pathologist, you know, studying this, saying this is the real data. This is what we've got. This is evidence. But of course, all of this was known early 20 around the springtime of 2021, just before the big push to get women, uh, pregnant women, uh, nursing women vaccinated. Um, so it is it's such a it's such a crime here. So those nanoparticles, I've heard them described, what do I know? I'm no expert, but as indestructible. They Nothing stops them. No barrier in the body can stop. Yes, so they're so tiny. They go through everything. They're so, obviously, they're nanoparticles. Yes. So they're just that. So the molecules in this vaccine are tiny compared to a regular vaccine where it's much larger molecules. But what is so different about this vaccine? It's not a vaccine. It is classified even in Pfizer and Moderna's own Security Exchange Commission filings. This is in the US. They classified their product not as a vaccine, but as a gene therapy product, right? Yeah. People don't know about that. But well, that's some of us do, but yeah, good yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So using so, the vaccine label, though. Yes, um, to market it, to make it more thinking, oh, well, it's just like the one we had at school. Yes. yes, and then we have two. So I've studied a lot. So the lipid nanoparticles, there's made up of four compounds, Two of those compounds are completely man-made novel. Yeah, synthetic. One, yeah. one contains polyethylene glycol, which is a known toxic, uh, um, it induces anaphylaxis, which is a severe allergic reaction. And they are uh, very well-documented cases of anaphylaxis happening immediately after the vaccines be well, this, this injection has been administered. Um, so, and then you have another compound, which is a cationic charged um, lipid, lipid, and that again is highly toxic. So we have already the literature that these lipid nanoparticles, um, there was a study done on mice, showed it had a very, it was very inflammatory in mice. Um, this has always been a dangerous product, right? It was never safe. It was never effective, um, and um, and it what it does is so the mRNA it, it um, it's uh, so the inside so the, the lipid nanoparticle particles surround modified mRNA. It's not even natural um, human M a messenger because obviously we have messenger RNA in our body. It's not from the body. It's been modified. They've removed uridine and put substituted uh, for uridine, the natural uridine, they put N1-methylsuderine. Now, this is something the body has never seen before. So when ribosomes come to read the mRNA transcript, they're really confused. So we actually don't even know that even the proper intended spike protein is even being made. We could get, be getting aberrant proteins that are divergent from this. And I've done a huge investigation on the fabrication of Pfizer and BioNTech's Western blots, which people can read about. Um, it's on my Substack. It's on my trial site news page. Um, and this is really, I've spoken about this in, in a conference recently. Um, so it's it's just, it's. I mean, I don't know. It's just that it, it really is just really shocking. The more you study, the more you research into this. Well, as you're describing that, uh, my thought was this sounds more like some sort of virus your computer would get rather than a human being. The virus is, is more digital than it is biological. It's freaky. Anyway, um, what calcifies a placenta? 
I mean, what, I mean, what does exactly. that? Yeah. So you have basic, obviously, I'm not a pathologist, not a doctor. No, I know that. But I know that what, you know, listening to Ryan, Dr. Ryan Cole, he was, you know, it's the, 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 the vaccine or spike protein is attacking. Well, it's it's latching on to the surface, right, of these of these tissues. And then you have the body's own sort of uh, antibodies sort of attacking, attacking it. So that's like an autoimmune reaction going on, leads to infl inflammation, uh, causes disease. That's what happens. That's why you get the in inflammation of the heart muscle, right? You have the myocarditis cases, and that's known uh, a link uh, uh, connected to these, to these, uh, to these shots. Um, so, I mean, there's, that it really attacks, I would say, almost every organ of your body. You're having now a study that came out about affects the vision, the eyes, um, and lead leading to blindness. We know that affects the hearing, tinnitus, uh, yeah, hearing that. loss. Uh, uh, with women, menstrual disorders, huge, huge uh, numbers, volumes of reports. Of, and all uh, age groups too, right? Yes, 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 absolutely. It's really shocking. Women that have gone through the menopause but then have started bleeding again. I mean, it's just really this is the, what is what's going on. I mean, and and the people are being left in the dark. They're not being told. They're not being given informed consent when they know, right, this is all the list of, you know, this is the risk you're taking. If you take this, you know, there's potentially, you know, this is all the, the adverse events that can come as an aftermath, but they're not being told. All they're saying is, you know, you might have a sore arm. You might, you know, you might get a bit hot. You might get a bit, you know, um, feel a bit sick. And yeah. that's all they're saying. And this is what they're, they're touting to pregnant women. And they're saying that, oh, and also another lie that they're saying is that pregnant women have a higher risk of mortality if they get COVID-19. That was in what the video that we were referencing at the start that yeah, we were talking about. That's, that's not true. These are all unsubstantiated claims. They lack any scientific evidence. These claims touted by the uh, health experts have, are completely unsubstantiated. We have a study done by Pinellas et al. in the US where these researchers found that actually pregnant women have, are more likely to be protected against COVID-19 because of their pregnancy and don't lead to, uh, doesn't lead to hospitalization. So this whole sort of, you know, the premise, this sort of, you know, they've built up like this fear factor, like, gosh, you've got to protect your unborn child. You know, if you've got COVID-19, it's, the, you know, it's going to be a disaster. Actually, it's not, but they've really heightened the fear factor to gaslight these women to pressure these women to take the vaccine that is the ultimate gaslighting because that that um speaks to the ultimate concern of humanity health of pregnant women babies all of that i mean it, it, after that there's no more yeah. you know if you not just everyone lives to protect that in the end and yes yes, yes. they're not just well, yeah yeah. Okay. So uh, where to go from here in this chat? You said that, I can't remember your exact wording, like it's becoming a scandal. It's starting to sort of roll out this story, this awareness where you are. To what level? I mean, I think are more- people listening? I, are they waking I, up? I, I think, I think- People know now. I mean, everybody. I think everybody knows somebody of some, you know, whether a, a you know a friend of a friend or someone, or maybe even themselves, who have experienced a, a very bad reaction 
to these injections. I think that it's 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 known, you know, people know about it. Like, oh, I felt off it was after I got the second shot, I suddenly, you know, whatever it was, it, these these weird sort of adverse events going on. So um I think more and more people are, they, they can't hide the data anymore. I think it's so, I mean, obviously, and I haven't even touched on VAERS, which is, and and, and we've got the yellow card system in, in the UK. These are the spontane, spontaneous adverse event reporting systems, surveillance systems for, um, so that people, you know, if they've taken a, a vaccine and then they report on it. So this is, we're having skyrocketing safety signals. Um from these from these uh these databases which are showing so and you have to factor in the level of underreporting that has gone on there was a study done in harvard 2007 to 2010 which they they concluded that only 1 to 13% of adverse events are ever reported on these surveillance systems so you have to factor in that so when you're seeing these crazy numbers that's just a tip of the iceberg. They're crazier than that. Exactly. Yeah. That's the tip of the iceberg. Do you think it's going to like really break out though? Because it's crickets, isn't it, from mainstream media, I take it, and also politicians, institutions, um, representative bodies, all of those. Though no one's saying anything, right? Yeah. No, it's here again. I mean, obviously, we would the BBC for them to. I mean, they've done a little bit of thing on the because this is the story of the century, Sonia. I know, I know, and it's it's places like you know you're in you know independent media that is reporting on this, and and it's quite obvious why it's only independent media because mainstream media, right? There, you know, we've got the Trusted News Initiative, which is helmed by the BBC set up to combat disinformation, right? Um, and it cuts across big tech, me big media, big government, and it is a coordinated systematic alliance to shut down any dissenting voice saying, speaking up against um, these 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 uh, these injections. I mean, it's really, um, it's so, it's so organized, right? Um, it's like a cartel. I, that's the way I see it. And it's it's only sort of independent media places like, you know, uh, like your radio station. Obviously, we've got independent media, you know, US and, and, and UK and, and, and they're reporting on it. And independent journalists like myself, they're actually bothering to do the research because the data is there. The documents are there. Everything I write on, Paul, is is these are it's Pfizer's own data. I haven't made this up. It's not like I've gone to a blog and <laughs> just grabbed somebody else's you know, stats. I go through these official documents that have been released um, and that the FDA relied on to grant you know, emergency use authorization. And I'm going through a lot of the EU reports well. I've got a really explosive report that's about to get published at the Children's Health Defence Europe. Uh, on the periodic safety update reports uh, that the, that's come out from the EU. And there's a damning data in that. Uh, and again, to do with pregnancy and, lact and lactation cases, it's so alarming. So um, you're, you're just seeing incredible, incredible array of adverse events. This is just as from you know, just, just infants, just, you know, from, you know, nursing infants, just coming, being exposed to this via the breast milk. 
uh, or like we said, transplacentally in, in the uterus. I mean, they say the fact that they can say, oh, it doesn't go there. It doesn't reach, you know, or it, get, it it just degrades very quickly. It does not degrade after nine days. There's studies that say um, that uh, you, you've got, uh, um, uh, it was Rotgen et al. study done where it stated that the vaccinal mRNA and the vaccinal spike protein persists for weeks in the human lymph nodes. Got, so we've got scientific literature saying it persists for weeks. We have scientific literature saying it goes to the breast milk. You know, so, I mean, it, it's really, it circulates in the blood. There was, there was a study done where it, for at least at least 28 days, they've recorded where it's just been circulating in the blood. So these lipid nanoparticles go everywhere. Yeah, not, not just, you know, an hour or two in, in the muscle on the arm. That's, exactly. <laughs> we've given up on that one. Okay, so... In the video that um, we've seen in the soundtrack that we've played, the the New Zealand people in there, the um, the doctors in the, you know, there was the midwifery woman and and others, sounded incredibly confident about what they were saying, like there was no debate. It had been settled. They made out that they had seen information and were informed, and that they're imparting this confidence to people on yeah. the basis of that, when clearly not only they weren't, but they had time, the data that we've talked about in the um, the Pfizer COVID vaccine safety report and all the data that goes with that had been available to them in months before this all started to be yes. pushed. Yes. So um, how do um, we how, how do we explain this? This yeah. first of all, this this total belief, this total confidence. Oh, when you know I, that you actually don't have much to go on, not not like you, who's actually you know um, so taking I a will, deep dive. How do we explain this? So I'm going to talk a little bit about this very this very biased retrospective study. This is done by Litkin et al. This is the big study that they hang their hat on to say, oh, it's totally safe for pregnant women to take this vaccine. So it was a study done. Um, it covered, I think, eight or nine different health centers. This is in the US. And you have a sort of, they have a big, they, 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 they tout this huge number, 65,000 women, right? Actually, it was only 10,000 of the 60,000 that received the vaccine. And this was either the Moderna or the Pfizer mRNA vaccine. But what is so alarming about this study is that um, only 1.7% of the 10,000 women who were vaccinated received, were, were, uh, uh, were, in, were in their first trimester, right? Only 1.7% were in the, the remaining were in their second and third trimester. Right. Now we know that um, there is a significant confounding factor because 80% of miscarriages or spontaneous abortions occur in the first trimester. So they basically have injected bias into this study. Uh, they've skewed the study results, making it appear that the mRNA vaccines are actually, were safer than they actually are because it's a completely, it's such a limited yeah. study, right? And they've, they've hung their hat on on this study saying it's totally safe when actually if you go into it and look at the supplemental you know, information, if you go in, it's, it's really alarming how limited the study is. And there's a confounding factor, you know, that they haven't, you know, uh, taken that into account. So it's completely biased. And also those researchers of that study have all ties to 
pharmaceutical industries. If you go into the declared uh, conflicts of interest section, all of them are like the work for Pfizer or BioNTech or receive funding. You know, so I, 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 I it's, 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 uh, yeah. It's well, they've a bit seized of a, on to that. You, sorry? you say they've seized on to that report that you've just yes so this is this was done this was really so it was around that sort of again same time of 2021 around that springtime and then they were just doing a big push based on this study basically saying it was totally safe you're not seeing any there are no adverse events happening i mean literally they use those sort of absolute terms um there's nothing nothing to see here like you know so safe 100 safe and and this is what all the health authorities really around the world were based based on this study based on this retrospective study and it was an observational study it wasn't a randomized control study a randomized control trial sorry is is the gold standard of what a trial should be this is just an observational one it, yeah so there's a huge amount of confidence the information that you mentioned just describing that again was available to them they could have done what you did and and others and had a deepish dive in and seen you know the declared conflicts of interest though they might have been part of that themselves i don't know and um you know the the points you're making on you know what trimester uh, was uh, considered they could have done that they're supposed to do that that's their job but they yes. did on such yeah. a serious matter like more seriously than you can imagine it just blows yeah. my mind Yes. Well, you have, I mean, more, I mean, even more just bombshell stuff is that you have these sort of big organizations like the, um, uh, in the US, I know you have ACOG, which represents all the obstetricians. And you know that the uh, Department of Health and Human Services of the US government gave a lot of grants and money and funding to these organizations just before um, they, before they came out with promoting this vaccine for pregnant women. They got a lot of funding in order to promote it. This is all in order yeah. to do it. So this was all coordinated. So they they received funding. This is I know in the US this has happened. Um, I don't know about New Zealand. Um, and uh, there are reports coming out on that uh, that this this was they were basically paid to promote this dangerous product. And the um, the Pfizer documents themselves would would have been considered as well. They're the manufacturer or, or the, well, I know they're not the manufacturer, but they they are the overarching, in this part of the world anyway, uh, brand. And doesn't seem that anyone looked at those specific documents here. Otherwise, there should have been a different outcome. Yeah. I mean, it really, the greatest irony here is, is that you can nullify all their so-called facts, right? This is the leading, the health experts, for example, the Christina Malon, you know, that chair of the midwifery council in New Zealand, you know, where she's saying it's so safe, not, not, no effects on the, on the fetus. And um, the irony is that you can nullify everything that they're saying by using Pfizer's own data. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Okay. So we know that, um, I don't know specifically how many women uh, that might have been caught up in this horror um, there are in New Zealand, but our vaccination target was 95%. Many say we got to 90 or within Kui of that. And then talking about the scale of this around the globe, and it must affect specifically in the area we're talking millions of women and babies. How big do you think it is 
on the numbers. Is there any way we can sort of get our arms around that? I mean, it's 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 hard to say. I mean, it's just all we know is you've got to look at the like VES in America, yellow card here in the UK, and you see miscarriage rates sky high. You're seeing a drop in the fertility and the birth yeah. rate, which is really so there was a, a paper, working paper published, um, and they state, I think in Germany and Sweden, they've noticed a big drop in the birth rate following the vaccination, the rollout of the vaccination program. So you're seeing it. This is this is the aftermath, you know. So it's, uh, and we know it also affects men, the test, it goes to the testes, it affects the sperm as well, the mobility of the sperm. There was a study done on that that came out. Um, so... This is just catastrophic. Uh, we know that, again, I mentioned the menstrual disorders, but that's an indicative of a woman's like health, re reproductive health. It's a reflection of the reproductive health. So you, it, it all ties in together. There, there's something awful happening. Um, it is being, you know, obviously it's, it's, it, it's in the data. We're, see, we're, see, we're seeing it come out. Um, and... There is no mainstream media reporting, even on the excess. We have excess deaths. I'm the sure same, that's happening. Same here. Same yeah. in New Zealand. Uh, a, a, a shocking amount of excess deaths, way above the baseline. Um, and it's not being reported. It's just, or, or it's it's being maybe reported, but like, oh, it could have been because it was locked down and people didn't get a diagnosis in time or didn't get treatment. And obviously there is, it that is a contributing factor, but they completely ignore the elephant in the room, which is the introduction of a novel gene therapy product being injected into, into the population at what at large to, to children, babies down to six months of age, and obviously pregnant women. Can that last that silence, do you think, sort of getting towards the end of our chat now? How you know what's what has to give in the end? Well, I think it's up to people now turning off, switching off their sort of mainstream media, wherever they're getting their news from, that is just basically government sanctioned <laughs> propaganda uh, and, and, and really have to dig deep, do their own research, you know, go to, you know, independent journalists like myself and, 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 and find, you know, they, they can find this, you know, there's, there's a real, I think a growth in this sort of, um, yeah, independent media that hasn't been captured, right? And um, this is what we're talking about. It's the capturing of the, you know, the capturing of the media, the capturing of the regulators. We know that majority of these drug regulators receive funding. Uh, they're, they're funding they're in the form of application fees by the very industry they're supposed to regulate. So I definitely think these the, the drug regulators need to be completely um, disbanded and built up from scratch. And, and and be independently funded, right? By the by the government, by the taxpayer, not well, by it started out that way, right? Exactly. Because these drug regulators have they've been captured, every one of them, all of them. Um, and they all there's a revolving door where they go from one the, a pharmaceutical exec then gets a job at the you know at the drug FDA or, or from the FDA they jump on and become a board of Pfizer so it's just this revolving door happening and it happens the same it's the same with the MHRA here these are compromised captured agencies that are supposed to in theory promote public health 
but they're doing the exact opposite. The question is, do they know they're doing it? This is what everyone's wondering. Uh, do you have thoughts on motive? Is it just as simple as follow the money? Or are these are there bad? Well, there has to be some bad actors around somewhere. You just don't do this sort of stuff if you. It's like it's like yeah. worse than dealing with the mafia. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, I can't speak to, or obviously, my reports I don't write on intent. I never no. do that. But you no. must, as you go through the information, it must churn over in your mind. Like, what the hell is this? Well, you can say, is it just willful ignorance? Literally, have they just not bothered to actually go through these documents meticulously, ask the right questions, or they've just been told to shut up, stay quiet? I mean, that's they've got people have lost their jobs. I mean, you've got, for example, even doctors in America, like in California, you'll lose they'll lose their license if they speak uh, about the dangers of this novel product, they will get their licenses removed, their medical licenses. So people, they've been handcuffed. They've been gagged and handcuffed. And a lot of lying, right? Barefaced lying is really what it is. It end. is absolutely. They've deliberately, I feel there's this misled the public, you know. Obviously, I can't speak to intent, you know. Do they know they're lying? Or they will for are they just ignorant? Do they believe their own lies? Um, I think in many cases they do believe their own lies. Um, and I think they prefer to stick their head in the sand. Do you think our people, you heard them, do you think our people who were talking were, were just be really believed what they were? They kind of sounded confident enough to believe what they're saying. They were resolutely saying it. And and obviously some can just be towing the party line, right? This is what we have to say. This is what we've been told to say. Or else I can lose my job. I won't be able to work as an obstetrician. I won't be able to work as a midwife. So this is what I'm talking about, the sort of gagging that's gone on, you know, and and because um, um, if you think about the ones that have spoken out are usually – independent they have their own independent practice i know with here in the uk they're not they don't have ties with the nhs uh they're in and they've been able to speak out uh, the same in america they're just obviously they have their own practice and they're speaking out but um it, it's just it's really it's really yeah i mean I, I it's just shocking it really is it's very disturbing all right you've told us what you've looked at already you mentioned the eu stuff you're looking at um, are you anticipating any more kind of reports coming out that you can go through? Um, and if so, what are they just to keep our listeners up to date? Yeah. So obviously I always keep abreast on what's being released uh, uh, coming, you know, these Pfizer papers that, are, that every around the beginning of every month, they, they sort of, they get released. Um, so I, I'm going to just keep my eye out on that. But yes, these periodic safety update reports coming from the EU, I've been, I analysed the first one, and that was the first six months of 2021, alarming data in that. You can read that on the Children's Health Defence Europe and also on my Substack, Sonia Elijah Investigates. Um, and um, I'm, I'm now analysing a PS, so it's periodic safety update report number three, and that was for the uh, in 2022. And and again, it's just really it's it's just horrific. You know, you've got cases of adolescent deaths, children dying, um, baby. You know, I mean, across the board, it's really really alarming what you're what you're seeing in these reports. And again, you have 
the you know, we have the European Medicine Agency, that's the drug regulator for the EU, again concluding that the uh, you know the, the benefit the benefit risk profile of this product is favorable. You know, like it's it's they're they're just still pushing it like it's so safe when it, it's completely not. Wow. Sonia, thank you so much for explaining all that. Um, we really appreciate that. And thanks for the work you do. Sonia Elijah, investigative journalist and broadcaster, beaming in there from London. And uh, we'll follow um, your Substack and, and what you report back. And, and maybe we can talk again sometime. Thank you again. Yes, I'd love that. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio.